reading from Srimad Bhavatam, first canto. Uh, are we reading still from the introduction? So we keep reading from the introduction. Because they wrote the first verse, but we shall keep reading from So we read from both, or how? How is? Yeah, okay, I'm gonna read from the. Yeah. Uh, okay. Start here. Okay. Uh, Brahman, being full of opulences is understood to have manifold energies and all these energies are classified under three headings under the authority of Vishnu Purana 6760 which says that the transcendental energies of Lord Vishnu are primarily three is the spiritual energy and the energy of the living entities are classified as superior energy Whereas the material energy is an inferior one, which is which sprouted out of ignorance. The energy of the living entities is technically called Chetragya energy. This Chetragya Shakti, although equal in quality with the Lord, becomes overpowered by material energy out of ignorance and thus suffers all sorts of material miseries. In other words, the living entities are located in the marginal energy between the superior spiritual and inferior material energies. And in proportion to the living beings' contact with either the material or the spiritual energies, the living entities situated in proportionally higher and lower levels of existence. The Lord is beyond the inferior and marginal energies as above mentioned. And his spiritual energy is manifested in three different phases. As, ex- as eternal existence, eternal bliss, and eternal knowledge. As far as eternal existence is concerned, it is conducted by the Sandini potency. Similarly, bliss and knowledge are conducted by the Ladini and Sambit potencies, respectively. As the Supreme Energetic Lord... He is the supreme controller of, of the spiritual, marginal, and material energies. And all these different types of energies are connected with the Lord in eternal devotional service. The Supreme Personality of God is thus enjoying His transcendental eternal form. It is not astounding that one dares to call the Supreme Lord non-energetic, the Lord is the controller of all energies, and the living entities are part and parcel of one of the energies. Therefore, there is a gulf of difference between the Lord and the living entities. How then can one say that the Lord and the living entities are one and the same? In the Bhagavad Gita, also, in the Bhagavad Gita also the living entities are described as belonging to the superior energy of the Lord. According to the principles of the of intimate correlation between the energy and the energetic, both of them are non-different also. Therefore, the Lord and the living entities are non-different 
as the energy and the energetic. Earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and ego are all inferior energies of the Lord, but the living entities are different from all as superior energy. This is the version of Bhagavad Gita 7.4. Introduction, Ki Jai. Now, shall we read the verse also? What can I speak all about what we read? Since they wrote the verse, I think they want us to read it, I guess, no? <laughs> okay. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Okay. Since we chanted Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, we, we now chant the rest of the verse. Jamadhyasya yatumbayad idratas charteshu abhigyaswarat Tene Brahma Ridaya Adi Kabaye Muhyanti Atsuraya Tejovari Mridam Yata Vinimayo Yatra Trisargo Mrisha Damna Swena Sadani Rastakuhakam Satyam Param Dimahi Everybody can see the verse clearly? Okay. That's what the first verse... Huh? You can see it clearly? No? You must come closer there. <laughs> oh. It is correctly written? Yes. Nothing is missing. Okay. That's important. This was the first verse I learned from the Bhagavatam mm-hmm. by heart. Huh? Oh. And uh, I learned it with this meter, so I don't know any other. <laughs> okay. Jamadhyasya yatumbayad itaratas charteshu abhigyaswarat Charteshu. It is written charteshu. Please follow me to see if the words are written correctly. Jamadi Asya Yato Nvayad Itaratash Charteshu Abhigya Swarat. Correctly written. Okay. I know Sanskrit is not our mother language, but we shall try. <laughs> okay. Jamadi Asya Itaratash Charteshu Abhigya Swarat.
vinimayo yatra tri sargom risha damna swena sada nirasta kuhakam satyam param dimahi swena sada nirasta kuhakam satyam param dimahi okay who want to try <laughs> Bayad itaratas charte shu abigyas warat. Tenebram maridaya di kabaye muhyanti yatsurayaha. Tejovari mritam yana vinimayo yatra tri sargombrisha. Damna suena sada nirasta kuhakam satyam param dimahi. Try to pronounce each word clearly. <laughs> okay, anyone else? Okay, fine. <laughs> We need more practice. Um, a translation and purple, word by word, please repeat. Om. Oh my Lord, Namaha, offering my obeisances, Bhagavate, unto the personality of Godhead, Vasudevaya, unto Vasudeva, the son of Vasudeva, or Lord Sri Krishna, the primeval Lord. Silence mode, please, cell phone. Okay. Jamma Adi Creation, Sustenance and Destruction Asya of the manifested universes Yata from whom Ambayat directly Itarata indirectly Cha and Arteshu purposes Abhigya fully cognizant Swarat fully independent Tene imparted Brahma the Vedic knowledge Rida Consciousness of the heart. Ya, one who, Adikavaye, unto the original created being. Muhyanti, are illusioned. Yat, about whom, Suraya, great sages and demigods. Teja, fire. Vari, Water, Mridam, Earth, Yata, as much as Vinimaya, action and reaction, Yatra, whereupon, Trisarga, three modes of creation, creative faculties, 
creative faculties. Amrisha, almost factual. Damna, along with all transcendental paraphernalia. Suena, self-sufficiently. Sada, always. Nirasta, negation by absence. Kuhakam, illusion. Satyam, true. Param, absolute. Dimahi, I do meditate upon. Translation, O oh my Lord, see Krishna, son of Vasudeva, all pervading personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I meditate upon Lord Sri Krishna because he is the absolute true and the primeval cause of all causes, of creation, sustenance, and destruction of the manifested universes. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations and he is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. It is he only who first imparted the Vedic knowledge and to the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. By him even the great sages and demigods are placed in, into illusion. As one is bewildered by the illusory representations of water seen in fire or land seen in, on water, only because of him do the material universes temporarily manifested by the reactions of the three modes of nature appear factual, although they are unreal. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode, which is forever free from the illusory representations of the material world. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. Purport. It's a very long purport. I'm not going to read it all, but part of it, maybe in, in two or three parts, we can finish the purport. Uh, obeisances unto the personality of God in Vasudevam directly indicate Lord Sri Krishna, who is the divine son of Vasudeva and Devaki. This fact will be more explicitly explained in the text of this work, Sri Vyasadeva asserts herein that Sri Krishna is the original personality of Godhead, and all others are his direct or indirect plenary portions, or portions of the portion. Srila Jiva Goswami has even more explicitly explained the subject matter in his Krishna Sandarbha, and Brahma, the original living being, has explained the subject of Sri Krishna substantially in his treatise named Brahma Samhita. In the Samaveda Upanishad, it is also stated that Lord Sri Krishna is the divine son of Devaki. Therefore, in this prayer, the first proposition holds that Lord Sri Krishna this prime, is the primeval Lord and if any transcendental nomenclature is to be understood as belonging to the absolute personality of Godhead, it must be the name indicated by the word Krishna, which means the all-attractive. In Bhagavad Gita, in many places, 
the Lord asserts himself to be the original personality of Godhead. And this is confirmed by Arjuna and also by great sages like Narada, Vyasa and so many others. In the Padma Purana it is also stated that out of the innumerable names of the Lord, the name of Krishna is the principal one. Vasudeva indicates the plenary portion of the personality of Godhead and all the different forms of the Lord being identical with Vasudeva are indicated in this text. The name Vasudeva particularly indicates the divine son of Vasudeva and Devaki. See, Krishna always meditated upon by Paramahamsas who are the perfect, perfected ones among those in the renounced order of life. Vasudeva or Lord Sri Krishna is the cause of all causes. Everything that exists emanates from the Lord. How this is so is explained in later chapters of this work. This work is described by Mahaprabhu Sri Krishna, Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya, as the spotless Purana, because it contains the transcendental narration of the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna. The history of the Srimabhatam is also very glorious. It was compiled by Vyasadeva after he had attained maturity in transcendental knowledge. He wrote this under the instruction of Sri Naradaji, his spiritual master. Vyasadeva compiled all Vedic literatures containing the four divisions of the Vedas, the Vedanta Sutras or Brahma Sutras, the Puranas, the Mahabharata, and so on. But nevertheless, he was not satisfied. His dissatisfaction was observed by his spiritual master, and thus Narada advised him to write on the transcendental activities of Lord Sri Krishna. This, these transcendental activities are described specifically in the 10th canto of this, this work. But in order to reach to the very substance, one must proceed gradually by developing knowledge of the categories. I was born in the darkest of ignorance, and my spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Therefore, I offer my humble respect to the visions and to him. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. So, that was the first Bhagavatam class uh, about this verse that I hear from Srila Prabhupada personally. When he visited South America, Venezuela, he, he was giving Bhagavatam class in the evening. And the morning he said, he asked other to give Bhagavad Gita in the morning. And Bhagavatam was switched to the evening. Although generally it is in the morning about um, evening Bhagavad Gita, but he did, decided that way. He wanted to speak on the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, uh, and the Prabhupada explained that his guru gave a lecture on this first verse of the Bhagavatam for a full month. And for a full month giving different angles of vision of the Absolute Truth. Hmm? So the very, very important verse, definitely. And established Lord Krishna as the supreme absolute true. 
in whom great sages and demigods meditate and by whom they are in illusion. illusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, All this material manifestation is an illusory representation of the external energy of the Lord with all its varieties and planets and galaxies and it's just a little spark of his glory. The Bhagavata Krishna tell Arjuna, what is the need of all this detailed description? By a very small fragment of my energy, I pervade all these universes. So uh, when Lord Chaitanya was asked by his dear uh, disciple, Vasudevadatta, that my Lord, I want to accept all the karma of all living entities in this material world and let me suffer eternally in hell, but let them be happy, let them go back to God. Uh, I mean, that was real, real, real uh, um, sacrifice, I mean to say, real love for all living entities. Uh, that's, that's the heart of Vaishnava they can't tolerate suffering of others they want to see them happy and real happiness means eternal happiness not the temporary one the temporary one is full of duality there's also misery doesn't come along with side effects <laughs> so uh, then Lord Chaitanya said just because you desire it so, Krishna surely will, will fulfill your desire. Uh, uh, and and Lochitaya continue explaining that in the banyan tree there are many uh, fruit. And if one fruit falls from the tree, what is the loss for the tree? As are many others. So as for Krishna, one universe disappear. What is the great loss for him? <laughs> he has unlimited more universes. <laughs> I mean, uh, this reminds me of a story of uh, from the Gita Mahatmya that uh, one materialistic man, a businessman. He was a very sinful man. So he was trading and cheating, getting money here and there. And on his way back home, he passed through the forest to, to make it a shortcut. And he was caught by some thieves and dacoys, and they killed him, robbed him of, of all his money. So his son was waiting for his return. His son was a very nice, pious devotee of the Lord. And uh, seeing that his father didn't come back, he, he realized that my father most surely he was killed and robbed, you know. So he decided to go to do some oblations uh, to the Lord for the welfare of this, his father's soul. So his idea was to go to Gaia. But on the way he passed through that same forest and he sat under the same tree that his father was killed. And he started reciting the Bhagavad Gita, particularly the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. And after that recitation, uh, he saw the ghost of his father. 
and 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 his father told him, "My dear son, I was a very sinful man, and I died here. I was killed." And but after hearing you this the reciting the Bhagavad Gita, thanks to you, now I am going to Vaikuntha. And he took four armed form. And before he left he told him, Please do the same for your uncle who's also in hell right now because of his sinful activities. And the son agreed and and the man took four armed form and went to Vaikuntha. Then the devotee decided to go to another temple named the Keshava Temple in Mathura, a very famous temple of Lord Krishna. He went to that temple and he there started reciting Bhagavad Gita for the benefit of his uncle who wasn't suffering in hell. So the uncle was de- delivered from hell. But then he thought, why only my father and uncle? Let all living entities be free from hell. So he started reciting day and night Bhagavad Gita for all souls to come out of hell and be liberated. And and gradually, gradually, the hell started becoming empty. Came to the point that nobody else was there. So Yamaraj went to Lord Vishnu, uh, Dear Lord, uh, I'm jobless now. What should I do? <laughs> I'm out of work. <laughs> And Lord Vishnu said, oh, uh, don't worry, very soon it will be filled back again. <laughs> you know, there are more more sinful men than pious men in the universe. So Yamaraj is the, 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 busiest, the busiest demigod hmm? in that regard. Anyway, so... It is very interesting that here it is... Uh, the verse speak about the illusory representations of water seen in fire. Have anybody of you have seen water in fire? That means called, that's what is called, uh, well, you have seen, we all have seen water in, in, the, in the road. In a very hot day, you may see a mirage of water on the road, but we know it's not real, it's just a, uh, a mirage, isn't it? Uh, but apparently there is mirage also to see water and fire. Uh, or, or, uh, uh, or land seen on water. Sometimes uh, navigators may see that there is some land in the middle of the ocean, but it's, it's, a, it's also a mirage. <laughs> isn't real. So imagine that the great scientist looking at the universe <laughs> and do you see everything they see is factual? No. There are mirages also in the universe, in the cosmos. They may create the demigod for them. Something they believe it is true. <laughs> like black holes and, and things like that. <laughs> they may see it as factual. Could be, could be I'm not saying it is. It could be a mirage. And so many other things. So, since Krishna is bewildering everyone, even great sages and demigods, 
by his external powerful potency, Mahamaya. The only way to overcome this Mahamaya is uh, to meditate on the Lord uh, because he is the absolute truth. And being beyond illusion, beyond duality and ignorance, if one takes shelter of the Lord and meditate upon him by chanting his holy name and meditating on his beautiful eternal form, uh, like Shishirad Hakalachanji. Any comment? Questions? Yes? Hare Krishna. Maharaj, you were talking about your story, the story about the pious man who started reading Bhagavad Gita and helped to liberate his father and then his uncle and then emptied hell. Um, Is that something, does that mean that when we sit down and recite, can we sit down and recite Bhagavad Gita and help our own family members? Well, depends on the purity of our chanting. He was a pure Brahman. He was not just any neophyte devotee. Depends on the purity of the chanting. Uh, still, it is advised that when a family member dies, one should recite the third verse of the, the third chapter of Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> That's an advisable thing to do. How much powerful is our chanting depends on our purity and depends on the mercy of the Lord. But still we can do it with that intention. And it's up to the Lord, whatever the result may be. (laughs) Isn't it? I mean, we're chanting Hare Krishna. For this age, the process of achieving spiritual perfection is chanting the holy names. Hmm? So... You can write the Mahamantra on the picture of the departed, departed uh, family members. You, you can write the Mahamantra, and that will give some benefit. Understand? So, because in this age, the holy name is the prescribed method for achieving spiritual elevation. Any spiritual activity we do to please Krishna uh, in devotional service is beneficial not only for us, but uh, it is said that uh, a neophyte Kanishta Adhikari devotee can free up to four generations. Madhyam Adhikari 14 and Uttam Adhikari 100 of his ancestors. So it depends on the on the level of spiritual advancement. Yes, give him the mic, please. Thank you, Maharaj, for nice class. So there's unlimited soul.
the different universe. So we don't know like the Chitragetu story we found that boy was telling who is my father and what are we talking about so many father mother I had previously yeah. so I don't know whom you I'm saying yeah, he yeah. is confused about yes, his yes. identity so why then our case we care about our forefather or our ancestor that we deliver or not. I'm saying we don't have a, any really connection with anybody. Well, Krishna knows everything, I mean to say. I mean, there's a fact that the same way that in, in your, if you have a garden in your house and there are many trees, but there is only one tree with fragrant flowers, the all all the garden becomes, you know, nicely perfumed. Isn't In the same way, if one member of the family becomes a devotee of the Lord, then all the family get the benefit. <laughs> That's what the Shastras say, I mean. So, we don't see them as material bodies or family members as such, we see them as spiritual souls, playing the part of parents and, and ancestors. But. So if you are Krishna conscious, everybody is benefited. <laughs> so if somebody loves their family, they're very attached to their family, okay, then become Krishna conscious, that will give them the real benefit for them too. <laughs> Let's read a little more. It is natural that philosophical mind wants to know about the origin of, of the creation. And then at night, he sees the stars in the sky and he naturally speculates about their inhabitants. Such inquiries are natural for man because man has a developed consciousness which is higher than that of the animals. The author of Srimad Bhagavatam gives direct answers to such inquiries. He says that the Lord Sri Krishna is the origin of all creation. He is not only the creator of the universe, but the destroyer as well. The manifested cosmic nature is created at a certain period by the will of the Lord. It is maintained for some time, and then it is annihilated by His will. Therefore, the supreme will is behind all cosmic activities. Of course, there are atheists of various categories who do not believe in, in the Creator, but that is due to a poor fund of knowledge. The modern scientist, for example, has created space satellites, and by some arrangement or other, these satellites are thrown into outer space to fly for some time at the control of the scientist who is far away. Similarly, all universes with, with innumerable stars and planets are controlled by the intelligence of the personality of Godhead. Very good example. No? No? In Vedic literature it is said that the absolute true personality of Godhead is the chief amongst all living personalities. All living beings beginning from the first created being, Brahma, down to the smallest ant, are individual living beings. And above Brahma, there are even other living beings with individual capacities. 
And the personality of God is also similar living being. And he is an individual as are the other living beings. But he, the Supreme Lord or the Supreme Living Being has the greatest intelligence and he possesses supermost unconceivable energies of all different varieties. If a man's brain can produce a space satellite, one can very easily imagine how brains higher than man can produce similar wonderful things which are far superior. The reasonable person will easily accept this argument, but there are stubborn atheists who will never agree. Shilavyasa Dev, however, at once accepts the supreme intelligence as the Parameshwara. He offers respectful obeisances unto the supreme intelligence addressed as the Para or the Parameshwara or the supreme personality of Godhead. And this, that Parameshwara is Sri Krishna. As admitted in Bhagavad Gita and other scriptures delivered by Sri Vyasadev and specifically in this Srimad Bhagavatam. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that there is no other Paratattva, Sumum Bonum, than Himself. Therefore, Sri Vyasadeva at once worshipped the Paratattva, Sri Krishna, whose transcendental activities are described in the 10th canto. Srimad Bhagavatam ki Alright, so. But we can't go directly to the 10th canto. The, the process advises we go gradually throughout the first canto and so on up to the 10th canto. That's the process to study the Bhagavad. You know? And the 10th canto represents Krishna's smile. The first and second canto represent his lotus feet. Of course, there is no difference between the Lord of the feet and his smiling face. But in the rasa, the taste is sweeter, no? The activities of the Lord, this pastime, and the most confidential part of the Krishna conscience philosophy. Mm-hmm. That's, will it's left to the end. But Prabhupada first translated the 10th canto about Krishna's activity in the form of Krishna book because he wasn't sure to live enough to complete the Bhagavatam. So he thought, let, let me at least give the people knowledge who is God and what he does, you know. Uh, I remember wondering, if God created the universe, what he was doing before that? If he's eternal, he must be doing something else. And what he did after creating the world uh, and rested the seventh, what he did in the eighth day? <laughs> So these questions naturally arise for the inquisitive mind. Rapa is saying that uh, an inquisitive mind look at the stars and the planet and, and wonder who's living there and how, what they're doing. You know? It's natural. We, we inquire like that. So, and the answer is offered in the, in the Srimad Bhattam. We find out stories from other planets and universe uh, of demons and demigods and so many wonderful stories that otherwise we could never can know by our own. I mean, not scientists can't know what's happening in other planets. They have no such power. But if we accept the authorities of the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, as narrated by Srila Vyasadeva, then we can acquire so much knowledge about 
God and all his creation. And the purpose of life. So it's a very complete, full knowledge. Any other comment or questions? Yes. Mic for Mataji, please. Where is the mic? Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Um, I've been thinking recently they've been on the news celebrating the 50th anniversary of the landings <laughs> on the moon. <laughs> now, Prabhupada said that the moon is beyond the sun. The sun is first and then the moon, and the moon mm. is a heavenly planet. Yeah. So I've been asking devotees, do you know what planet they actually landed on? If they did do it in the first place. But if they did, Prabhupada what the said, planet Prabhupada was? said, maybe Rahu. Rahu. The Rahu planet. He said, maybe the Rahu planet. <laughs> huh? Or maybe Arizona. Or maybe Arizona desert. <laughs> There are many theories. <laughs> so the Rahu planet, is that a hellish planet just below us? No, no, no. The Rahu planet is there to attack the sun and the moon. Every time there is an eclipse, there's an attack of Rahu against the sun and the moon because they, they, they detected that he was uh, disguised as a demigod to drink the... The Amrita, you know, and then and the Lord cut chop off his head, so he became eternally enemies of the sun and the moon, and became he became a planet. So and every time there's eclipse, means he's attacking them. Okay, thank you. So it is. So he's he's on there. He's, on there. he's an invisible eclipse. planet. It's a, like a ghostly planet. Yeah. You can't see with the with the telescope or anything like that. And uh, there is a book by Srila Bhaktisanta called Surya Siddhanta. He explained very nicely about the eclipse and Rahu and, and everything. And he said what the scientists said is also true about the eclipse. That, the, that You understand? But he said the, the tale of the, of, 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 the, of the moon or the sun is, is like Rahu. He explained a very nice explanation he gives about how to understand it scientifically. Huh? So, anyway, there are many stories about the so-called landing of the moon. <laughs> I mean, even ex-workers of NASA, they worked at the time of the so-called landing. They said that that never happened. Because even the same manufacturer of the, of the engine didn't have that power to to reach there. Everybody knew that. I mean, 1969. <laughs> and now, you know what NASA is saying now? Oh, we lost that technology that took us to the moon. We don't have it anymore. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Who's going to believe that? <laughs> because if you really did go to the moon, go now. Show the whole world that it is real. Because now there are more powerful satellites and they can detect if it is true or not. At that time, didn't. We could fake it. And there's a theory that one, one uh, movie director, Stanley Kubrick, he did all filming in the Arizona desert uh, to fake the moon landing. 
And in the one video of the moon uh, walking, walking, there are stones, and one of the, of the stones has a letter and a number on the moon. Understand? C24. <laughs> so, obviously, it's, I mean, it's the, it's the biggest, it's the biggest hawks <laughs> in the history. That's why they don't talk much about it. Of course, 50 years, you know, some did, but they don't talk too much about it. And, and our, our dear scientist, Sadaputa Prabhu, he explained about the sun and the moon being further. He said from different angles, depends, you know. He gave nice cosmological explanation to understand it practically, which I don't remember exactly. I'm not a scientist. But he gave very, very logical explanation that uh, doesn't contradict what the scientists are saying about distances from Earth to Moon or the Sun. He, I'll advise if you want to know more about it, read that book by him. Mm. I'm not a scientist either, so I'd probably have. It'd be difficult for me to read such a book. But, yeah, um, I mean, anyway, the if anybody's interested, you can direct them yeah. that way. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Thank you, everyone, for coming to Sri Bhattam class. Hare Krishna. Jai Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hare Hare.